I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. The retail investor in India has always lurched from one crisis to the other. The pandemic is causing the existing fault lines in the financial sector to deepen and broaden. We've lurched from the crisis of debt funds having bad credit events to a cooperative bank failing. Then Yes Bank having its problem and the whole story of the missell of the 81 bonds. And now the Franklin Templeton shutting the six schemes and then the case being in court. Why is it that retail investors are always the victim? This is a special series of Money with Monica in which I'm decoding policy and events as they happen around the corona crisis. I'm also taking your questions. Templeton saga is continuing. In March, the fund house had shut six of its schemes because of liquidity problems in the corporate bond market. Investors, of course, were really upset. And they've taken to all kinds of ways to protest. Written letters to SEBI, written letters to PM, FM, two people in the media. They've taken huge social media campaigns of mutual funds. They have asked for a government takeover of the entire fund house. Some of the high net worth investors have now gone to court and there are cases filed across the country in different courts. And there is right now, as I speak, a stay on the decision of Templeton to wind up these six schemes. But this behavior is not new. This protest of the retail investor, the writing to FM, PM, writing to people in the media. Retail investors have just gone from crisis to crisis. Why is this so? Why is it that we don't have a good redress system in place? And why do the same problems keep happening again and again? I think the answer we will find in the structure of the Indian retail finance market, and this market is broken. Let's take a look why. The first reason actually takes us back a little bit in history. When India moved from the government control to freer markets, The government has set up regulators to develop the markets and also protect the interests of consumers. But different regulators, as they tried to uh, establish themselves in the financial sector, took the development role far more seriously than one of consumer protection. And again, there are historical reasons for this, but let's just understand that there is a problem of the regulators trying to prevent businesses from failing trying to ensure livelihoods of the agents and the distributors rather than focusing very tightly on consumers. It is somewhere a 70s thought which is a scarcity mindset which says that we're actually doing you a favor with providing you a service, so please don't complain. The second reason is that this regulatory thought was not well thought through because 
you have too many regulators managing a single product type. Pensions, for instance, you have four regulators in pensions. You have the PFRD, of course, you have IRDA, there is SEBI, and of course, the Labor Ministry. So you have products which actually should be part of another regulator masquerading as something else. For example, a unit is really a mutual fund masquerading as an insurance plan because 90% of the premium goes to a mutual fund-like product. A money-back plan is really a fixed deposit masquerading again as an insurance plan. So there's ambiguity in the kind of product that you're buying. So the marketplace itself is full of obfuscation and confusion for the retail investor. Third, the problem really in the marketplace is that the incentive systems are designed to promote the sale of the product, no matter whether the product is suitable or not. So the incentive structure which is embedded into products encourages sharp sales, mis-selling, fraud, as we see in insurance. SEBI as a regulator has been the most proactive in the mutual fund product and a lot of work has happened in getting the product structure and incentives right. But for the others, it really is a problem. That is the third point. The fourth is that there are very poor road rules in place and because of that, plenty of accidents happen. But as the accident happened, there is nowhere to really complain, which is simple to understand, easy to do and redress is assured. So we have a broken market and a broken grievance redressal system. Next, both IRDA and RBI have ombudsman systems in place where you can actually go to complaint. But, you know, anybody who's actually been through the system knows that by the time the elephant moves through the python, there's very little elephant left. In terms of the time taken, the kind of paperwork you have to do. And finally, when the redress comes, it's too little too late. There's no large penalty on the perpetrators of either fraud or mis-selling or wrong-selling, which causes any sort of satisfaction to the person who's actually gone through the entire trouble of proving what had happened. Next, the law itself seems to be against the, the retail consumer. Now, unless you're a high net worth investor in the way that it seems to be happening with the Templeton case, or you are a part of a lobby, for instance, a broker's lobby, you have the wherewithal to hire lawyers, to take the case to court. India does, has not seen the kind of class action suits that say UK has seen, which not only gets the money lost, but also imposes very heavy penalties on firms for cheating and mis-selling to investors. So India, the law itself is sort of, uh, the dice is loaded against the retail investor, which is why you see the kind of, the recourse that the retail investor takes is to go back into what it knows, which is say fixed deposits, gold, real estate. And when something does go wrong, he really has no option but to take the route of, uh, you know, social media, hashtags, writing letters. There is no concerted place where the investor can uh, complain and get redress in a manner which doesn't cost him to leave his day job and chase a one lakh rupee gone wrong. So the game really is loaded against an investor to complain. It isn't as if policy remedies have not been suggested. The Indian Financial Code really was going to put the consumer at the heart of the financial system 
and then think about rules and regulations. There was a task force put in place which looked at a combined redress mechanism for all the uh, consumers of financial products. Both of these documents are gathering dust in the North Flock. There is clearly very little policy thought space for what happens to retail investors, regulators as well don't seem to want to understand the market from the consumer point of view. Again, SEBI is a notable example or exception in the case of mutual funds where year on year there have been uh, additional steps taken to make the product safe. But especially when the product is being sold by entities outside of a SEBI's uh, sphere of regulation, there is very little control on what, say, a bank manager is going to say when selling a product. What can we do as retail investors? We, there are products we don't understand, there are rules which are too tough, the contracts obfuscate, the disclosures are not that clear. The only thing right now, I mean, one thing, of course, is that there is no MIBA for a retail investor. You will have to remain with products that you understand. You will have to really understand the fact that Higher rewards will come with higher risk. There is no free lunch. So if a bank is offering you a higher interest rate as compared to say a public sector bank, why would it do that? You, there is going to be slightly higher risk with an entity which is offering you a higher return. So it's your money. Uh, marketplace is actually full of sharks and you will have to learn to navigate. The one thing which policy will need to do finally in this phase is that we have to move to what I call a seller beware market. Now, what is that? We live in a world which is buyer beware, which means that firms are going to put out information and products. And uh, as investors, we need to learn about these products, understand and then buy. So the responsibility is mine when I buy something. In the case of finance, this is a very unfair ask of the retail investor. A retail investor will need to know law, finance, inflation rates, global events, all kinds of uh, opaque things which they disclose to make one decision. And you need to have at least 10 to 15 financial products in an average money box of an investor who will have the kind of time and the effort and the knowledge to do this. So the dais is really loaded against the investor in a buyer beware market. I'm saying what we need is a seller beware market where the responsibility of a suitable sale is on the person selling it. What does that mean? That if a person sells a life insurance plan to an 80-year-old man, it will be construed as a missale. It is not a suitable product. If an 81 bond is sold to a retired person who is clearly seeking safety, of his money and regular return, it will be construed as a missale. The onus will be on the person selling, which would mean penalties, losing his license, and not being able to sell products in the market ever again. We are a long distance away from such a market, but that is really the way to go. On this slightly grim note, that's all that I have today. I will be back with more, so do continue writing into me at moneywithmonica at live.com. Until next time, stay healthy and stay worthy. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.
Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.